I want to welcome this morning uh, Rola, Missouri. Thank you for joining us online. We're glad you're with us. Minden, Nevada, thank you for tuning in. First time visitor, we appreciate that. And Yuli, Florida, thank you for tuning in for the first time. Welcome. And welcome to all of you. I know by when I look out and uh, I see a few people that I know are pilots. Um, and you know, full disclosure, I would never want to do what you do. Um, because I've thought about it before, and the idea of it seems fun, cool, flying, right? That's cool. But I can't imagine going from training, got the instructor there, you're doing it, oh, show me how, okay, let me take the wheel, okay, got it, to your solo flight, to that one flight where you take off and that seat is empty. That would freak me out. And to make it worse, you fly, you take off, you go, okay, that worked. I have no choice. I have to land. And there's no way to eject. There's no way to call in an instructor and go, can we call this off? I'm not ready. Like, you have to do it. And so just the idea that final approach and, you know, coming in and ah, it just freaks me out. But if you talk to a pilot, they say, well, you practice it so much. You know, there's a protocol, you know, you gotta have the landing gear down, you gotta have flaps down, you gotta have the lights off, you gotta have, there's just this thing, line it up, you know? And, uh, and so you, you, you just, if you, if you use everything you've been trained, it, it'll go well. 99% of the time, it does. But it would freak me out. So the reason I bring that up is we're in the final approach to Christmas. We got six days left. And this can be a time of the season where things can get dangerous. Emotionally, psychologically, there are things that can be triggered. There are things, encounters that can happen to, can, can laws, cause a lot of hurt if we don't have a protocol, so to speak, going in. In other words, it can be a very dangerous situation this last six days, or it can be safe, depending on how we approach it. So I want to talk about this this morning. It's called The Final Approach, How to Stay Safe with Jesus This Week. And uh, actually, it's not just for this week. You can use it for any week, but in particular, this week, I encourage it. We're going to look at Philippians chapter 2, verses 5 to 11. If you've been with us in our studies over the last few months, you know that we finished up Colossians. You know that we finished up Philemon, both of these letters written by the Apostle Paul in prison. This is another one he wrote in prison. It's called the prison epistle. So you got Ephesians, you got Ephesians, Philippians, Colossians, and Philemon are the prison epistles. Um, so the context is the same that I've been describing over the last few weeks, uh, except the application's a little different because Paul is writing the church at Philippi. They're bummed out, they're hurt, they're worried, they're anxious, fearful over Paul and what he's going through. Yet at the same time, Paul on the outside is a very chaotic situation, but he's coming in with that smooth kind of landing. He's, he's okay, and he's telling them, you need to be okay too, and here's how I do it, so here's how you can do it. And that's effectively what the discussion is. And so he's going to show us Christmas, 
A little different perspective. You're not going to hear the name Mary. You're not going to hear the name Joseph. But it is a Christmas passage, and I'll tell you why. But let's begin. Philippians chapter 2, verse 5. Have this mind among yourselves. Have this perspective. Take this protocol, which is yours in Christ Jesus, who though he was in the form of God, did not count equality with God a thing to be grasped. Verse 7 but emptied himself by taking the form of a servant being born in the likeness of men. That's Christmas. Born in the likeness of men. So what do we have here? Well, we have a description, theologically speaking, of the deity of Christ. Paul's talking about how Christ, who's in the form of God, did not count it equality as God, the thing to hold on to, thing to grasp, thing to never let go. No, instead, he emptied himself by taking the form of not just a human being, but a servant being born in the likeness of men. So we have the deity of Christ. And that's what Christmas is. It's the revelation of God incarnate. You've heard that term before. The incarnation of God. The, the taking on of humanness. It's a profound truth, but it speaks to what was Jesus before Jesus was Jesus. In other words, who was this son of God before he was actually born? And John's gospel gives us a perspective on that. John 1. In the beginning was the word. And the word was with God. And the word was God. He. What? We just switched from word to he was in the beginning with God. We're talking about Jesus now. All things were made through him. And without him was not anything made that was made. Verse 14, and the word became flesh and dwelt among us, and we have seen his glory. Glory is of the only Son from the Father, full of grace and truth. So we have this perspective of God. Before Christmas, we have God the Father as an image. The Old Testament talks about the Spirit of God. And we have this word of God. And that's kind of hard to picture, a word. What, what, but, but yet through the word, re reference back to creation, things were made through the word. Now when you think about it metaphorically, if you as a person, you're the person, how do we know who you are unless you speak to us? Through your words, reveal who you are. So when we look at Christ, who was the word of God, incarnate became the son of God, he will speak to the things of God. That's why he say, I and the Father are one. That's why he says, you know, um, if, if you know the Father, you know me. This, there was such this unity of oneness that when we see Jesus and hear from Jesus and walk with Jesus, we hear from God, because he is the word. I know there's a little tension there and that isn't fully cleared up and you probably have to go to seminary to clear it up and even there you won't clear it up. It's a bit of a mystery when you think of the deity of Christ. All that to say, what is Paul trying to say? He's saying he had it made, God. He decided to reduce himself to a human birth. He emptied himself, the text says. He, he, to be the form of a servant, 
being born in the likeness of men. And we'll talk about why he did that, but that is Christmas. And Paul says, this is the mindset we're to have. You're to have this mind among yourselves. This idea of self-reduction, this idea of humility, this idea of selflessness, this idea of dying to self. Because it's self-absorption where the crashes happen. It's self-absorption where the, tra- the plane crashes happen. And so when we talk about how to be safe this week and you know, safe with Jesus throughout the week, I put it this way. Number one, your outline, monitor your me monster. Monitor your me monster. And if you're going, me monster, what is that? Well, you probably haven't been around a while, but if you remember a few years back, I showed you a Brian Regan comedy skit where he talked about the me monster. And it was so spot on that I just adopted the term because it's a monster. We're all self-absorbed. We're born into that prideful, sinful condition. And it can rear its head in our lives like a monster. It has to be managed because left unchecked, destruction. And we see it around the world. Collision course of pride, collision course of self-interest. That is the opposite of the Christmas spirit, if you will. So we gotta pay attention to our selfish tendencies this week. We gotta pay attention to playing the victim card, which we like to do, because that keeps the focus on me, poor me. I mean, even the birth of Jesus, knowing this, that it was God being born. Luke 2, 7. She, Mary, gave birth to her firstborn son, wrapped him in swaddling clothes, and and laid him in a manger because there was no place for him at the end. We've heard that a million times. Bottom line, he was born among feces and urine from livestock. Wow. And when you think of our struggles... They're so first world, but they're there. I remember I was on a plane about four weeks ago. I remember getting on the plane. And, uh, you know, everybody's being seated, and right to the right of me, nobody's sitting in that row yet. What do you think I'm thinking? And my knees are knocking against the, you know, the tray thing. It's that watching. I hope nobody sits there. hope nobody sits there. Because right when that door closes, I'm laying down. (laughs) Right? I didn't once go, maybe somebody else could use that seat more than me. It was all me. And that's nothing. That's nothing. But when you think about what your struggles are going to be this week, they're probably going to be something that doesn't feel good to you personally. So, just a couple guidelines. If we're talking about reducing ourselves, keeping the me monster under wraps, a big part of that is reducing your expectations this week. When you get together with others at your home, don't judge each word somebody says. Don't write them off because they're delusional and you're not. When you're opening gifts, 
Don't calculate the dollar amount they gave you versus you gave them. Or the number of gifts. Or the how ungrateful you feel. See, that's all self-reduction. But that's all the Christmas spirit, see. I did this at Thanksgiving. I found myself, I cooked the turkey, okay? That's my role, I'm the turkey guy. I cooked the turkey. I literally found myself at the end, did my kids thank me for making the turkey? <laughs> I know the friend did, but, oh yeah, one of them did, but the other one didn't. <sighs> and didn't they freeload? They didn't bring anything, did they, right? <laughs> and it's all that kind of stuff. And what am I doing? Allowing the monster to go, me. So, the more you keep that in check, the more the lineup will be, the safer the landing on Christmas Day. And being found, verse 8, in human form, he, Jesus, humbled himself. Notice who did it. He did it. By becoming obedient to the point of death, even death on the cross. So why was God humbling himself to become a man just for fun and to get to know everybody? No, to be the human sacrifice for the human condition, but it has an eternal impact because it's God that's doing it. And so Jesus humbled himself to the point of death, full reduction, by the way. Full humiliation. Full suffering, full disgrace. Why? Paul said in Romans 5 8, God showed his love for us in that while we were still sinners, Christ died for us. So, yes, Jesus was humbled and reduced, but there's more, there's an end game. He did it for you and he did it for me, not for himself. For God so loved the world that he gave his one and only son. That's a Christmas passage, by the way. Don't forget, verse five says, and we're to have this mindset. This is the mindset we're to have. Not me focused, but what? Other focus. Number two on your outline, how to stay safe with Jesus this week. Step into caring for others. It's one thing to say, okay, I'm not going to defend myself, I'm not going to take it personal, kind of, kind of roll with it, <sighs> deep breath. It's another thing to step in and help somebody, to actually step into it, physically do something, express something, show something for others who don't necessarily deserve it because that's a Christmas spirit, because we're celebrating the birth of Christ, the death of Christ, the forgiveness of Christ, not because we deserve it, but because of his love. That's the mindset we're to have. So it's not about settling for less, but giving more. 1 John 3, 16, by this we know love, that he laid down his life for us, as we ought to lay down our lives for others. For the brothers. But if anyone ha has the world's goods and sees his brother in need, yet closes his heart against him, how does God's love abide in him? Little children, let us not love in word or talk, but in deed and in truth. I spent some time in the Czech Republic a few years back, 
And it was around Christmas time. And it was super interesting. I realized that they, they celebrate on December 5th something called um, um, Milkulus. And it's like, that means payday. And it's in December 5th. A super interesting tradition. Um, on St. Nicholas Day, and that's what they call it, um, the Santa or St. Nicholas walks around. Angels and devils are all running around. So you got these three different characters. It usually happens in carnival, uh, uh, Christmas marts, and that kind of thing. And <laughs> it's so random. So, I mean, for me it is, not for them. It's their tradition. So, um, so there's, a, there's a poem that they learn and they're to say, and it's supposed to bring them good luck because St. Nicholas and the angel, they're recognizing the kids that have been good, and so they give them candies. Uh, the devil, he's going around recognizing those that have been bad. He gives them coal and then puts them in a sack to symbolize they're going to hell. So needless to say, if you're a kid there, you wanna say that poem really loud and avoid that bad guy, right? Because this is payday. Now, I don't know where this started, super interesting, I'm not recommending we do this, but I am saying, I am saying to some level we do this in our homes. Have you been good? What did you give me? I'll give you the same thing back. Uh, how did you treat me? I'll treat you the same way back. You've been nice, I'll be nice. You've been mean, I'll be mine. It's payday. Complete opposite of Christmas. Which is you've been mean, I'll be nice. You didn't give me anything, I'll give you something. That's Christmas. That will keep you safe. The other perspective, even Stephen, good luck with that one. It's never going to work. And Christmas will be the most frustrating day to get through because things won't be even. Things won't be always right. You won't always get the response you want. And you'll certainly want to go, you ain't getting nothing. This is a very different perspective. So when you think about this final approach, don't fall into the miculous spirit. And I recommend when we talk about you know, caring for others, the, the way to care for others, it starts by connecting with others. If we just have our own blinders on, we'll, we'll never have this perspective that's broader. And so we'll stay in what I call first world frustrations. That when you go in the bigger scope of life and you go around the world and you see what people are dealing with you go to nursing homes you go to you know hospital you just see like okay wow this is heavy you know for me to get balled up because somebody was a half hour late to my christmas party you know those first world problems are just so nothing so i encourage you to take an effort to connect with others during this week especially maybe you know a a mom and dad that lost their child. Connect with that. Doesn't feel good, but that's what they're feeling. And maybe that'll motivate you to send them a note, send them a text, send them a gift, invite them over. It could be anything. There could be people in your neighborhood where if you just slow down and just make that connection, 
Don't pass that house and go, no, lights up. They have no Christmas spirit. Well, maybe there's something more going on there. And that if we knew and took the time to stop and talk, we might not see that and make that judgment. And we might even go over there and help them put on the lights because they didn't have time this year because they're dealing with X, Y, Z. I could make them up, but they're there. And it requires us to connect with people. It could be giving a gift. It could be just coming by the house. It could be stopping and talking to your neighbors. Sometimes the, one of the best gifts you can give somebody is the gift of listening. Especially for people whose spouses have passed and they're home alone. You go, oh man. <sighs> yeah, but you know what? They got no one to talk to. What would that feel like? And then you start to feel and go, mm, compassion. Christmas. What does God want me to do? Self-reduction, caring for others. So in our final approach, our final lineup, we will be lighting the fourth candle today. We celebrated the first candle of hope, second candle of peace, third candle of joy, that pink one to your left, and I'm gonna be relighting the final candle, the candle of love. And that's what we're talking about. First John 4, 7, beloved, let us love one another, for love is from God, and whoever loves has been born of God and knows God. Anyone who does not love does not know God, because God is love. In this, the love of God was manifest among us, here's Christmas, that God sent his only son into the world so that we might live through him. So I just encourage you, as I light that candle, we'll sing a a chorus or two. Maybe ask for some protection. Maybe make it a time of prayer. God, protect me this week from the me monster. Help me to manage my triggers. Help me to come to you versus try to resolve on my own. Because I want to land with you well in this final approach on Christmas. And God, make me aware of people around me people that are in need, people that I need to re-out to, that I can be your, your hands, your feet, your mouth to care for them. Help this final approach to be a smooth one. Make that your prayer as we sing together and I light the candle and then we'll just look forward to what God's gonna do. Lord, we uh, thank you for this morning, just the blessing of seeing the children sing and just the cuteness there and the gifts they are to our young families. But Lord, we also have older families that are gathering together. We have in-laws and aunts and uncles. Or we might be alone and everything in between. But Lord, we know that if we stay close to you, it will be safe. It will be intimate. It will be loving whatever that is. So keep us close to you, Lord. I pray for protection among each home that's represented here and online, that knows and follows you, that when we gather, it'd be a safe place. It'd be a loving place because you reside and we follow you and are staying close to you. Thank you, Lord, for your love for us. 
May we show it to others. In Jesus' name, amen. Let's stand together.